Welcome to Experience This, where you'll find inspiring examples of customer experience, great stories of customer service, and tips on how to make your customers love you even more. Always upbeat and definitely entertaining, customer retention expert Joey Coleman and social media expert Dan Gingis serve as your hosts for a weekly dose of positive customer experience. So hold on to your headphones. It's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss hobbits telling you to buckle up, annoying people who recline their seats on airplanes, and a smiling face with heart-shaped eyes. Hobbits, tray tables, and emojis. Oh my! Just because you have required elements of your business doesn't mean they need to be boring. It's time to get creative, have some fun, and make people sit up and take notice. Get your customers talking when you make the required remarkable. Hey, Dan, guess where I was the other day? Uh, On a plane? Yeah, good guess, good guess. I do spend a lot of time up in the air. Not really George Clooney-esque time in the air yet, but uh, it's pretty close. But anyway, I was flying on my favorite airline, Delta, my airline of choice. They're fantastic, love of them. And while on this flight, I had the chance to uh, experience something which has really evolved over the years and I've grown to love, which is the flight safety video. Now, I know some people might think that that sounds crazy, like, Joey, you're the kind of guy who geeks out of the flight out about the flight safety video. But what I really love is how Delta has decided to make that experience remarkable, right? They're required by law to have these safety instructions. And instead, Delta came along and said, we're going to do something different. So instead of the usual stuffy messaging written by lawyers, folks, it's okay to make fun of them since I was one, uh, they infuse humor and entertainment into what was once a standard experience and now is something that actually is leading to people paying attention to the safety videos for the first time, maybe in the history of flight. Which, of course, is what the lawyers wanted in the first place. Totally. So it's a great learning for other companies that when you can make the required remarkable, you actually achieve what it was that you were trying to do in the first place, which is educate people. And for sure, the flight videos are becoming competitive. I mean, I tend to fly American more often than not. And they, too, have clearly been spending a lot more time and money on these videos. They're entertaining. They're, the sets are really expensive looking. There's one that they did recently that you know looks like it's there's four different dimensions and people walking up walls. And it, it, yeah. definitely, it definitely catches your attention. It makes you put down that book or iPad or whatever it is. And uh, in fact, for a while, they were doing an accompanying series where they were highlighting different aspects of their company and they were interviewing, you know, the baggage handler or, you know, the the person that's in charge of the um, uh, of the freight area of the company and, you know, talking about how many pineapples they ship around the world and all this sort of stuff. And and I found myself like looking forward to seeing which part of the business they were going to highlight next and uh, and of course they do that to get you watching the screen so that they can then play the safety video and you know you're still watching so i think this is a really really interesting example because even if you're not in the airline business there are plenty of places 
where your lawyers have told you you need to do something or you need to say something. And it doesn't mean that you have to write it in lawyer speak. You can actually turn it into marketing or entertainment. I totally agree. And, you know, I think you're right. There's been kind of this one upping that has gone on by the airlines over the years. You know, Delta, they're actually in a, a, a swath of videos right now, or kind of their 2017 videos uh, are showing all of the uh, employees, right? So doing kind of what you said America American has been doing with showing the different employees in the business and kind of introducing people to the entire scope of the company. You know, interestingly enough, this really started to take off, I think, back a few years ago. Did when you just say take off? Uh, did you see how I did that? That was kind of nice, That's wasn't cool. it? Yeah, um, uh, where Catherine Lee, who is a flight attendant on Delta, uh, beca- became kind of famous in the Delta frequent flyer community. Uh, she has this stark red hair and when she would do the smoking is not allowed, she would kind of wag her finger back and forth at the camera. And so much so that I think she earned the nickname Delta Lena and there were all kinds of blogs dedicated to her. And, you know, it's pretty interesting when your top customers, your frequent flyers, and even some of your one-off customers are talking about a fundamental elemental piece of your business, the flight safety video that really isn't where I think most people expect a remarkable experience to be delivered. And yet that's what Delta has been able to do. Well, and I always like to say that the customer experience includes every single interaction that you have with a business. And the flight safety video is an interaction that you have with an airline. So they have a choice of whether that interaction can be interesting or whether it can be dull. And, you know, not to get morbid on you, but one of the things that I always wonder when I'm listening to these flight safety videos is whether people actually would know what to do in an emergency and you know to know to put on the the kids mask before yours or uh, my favorite one is to not inflate the vest before you jump off right i mean you have yeah, to it imagine. Makes you almost wonder like who inflated the vest and tried to get out of the plane and couldn't you know what i mean but you're right they they highlight these key points but i agree with you i think part of it is about repetition and i also think there's a part you know all the research shows that if you add humor to the interaction people are more likely to remember it and so maybe there's some method to the madness there as well For sure. I mean, there has to be a psychological method here because when people are experiencing a crisis, they're probably not uh, thinking straightly or making the best decisions that they normally would. And that's exactly what needs to happen in an emergency. So this is serious business, but I think that it's great that the airlines are playing around and having some more fun and, and turning it into infotainment because that is what we all crave these days and that is what we consume. And again, bottom line is if more people are paying attention to these videos, then the airline is is accomplishing its business goal. Totally agree. And I got to say, I don't know if you have a favorite airline safety video. As much as I love Delta uh, and they're the preferred airline of choice, Air New Zealand a few years ago did an homage to Middle Earth back when the Hobbit movies and the Lord of the Rings movies were coming out. It's absolutely hysterical. I mean, imagine seeing the flight safety videos and like they're trying to, you know, stuff a Hobbit underneath where the baggage goes and things like that. I mean, they're just all dressed up in costumes. And I I have to believe, although I was not on an Air New Zealand flight when I saw this video, uh, I have to believe if you were on that flight, not only did you laugh, but you paid attention because you had no idea what was going to come next. Totally agree. And that's the point. So in your business, think about what's required 
and figure out a way to make it remarkable. It doesn't have to be as difficult as shooting a fancy video with, you know, celebrities and expensive sets. It could be as simple as taking the written word and making it more interesting so that it actually draws people in to read it. I love it. Every business has required elements and those required elements can be remarkable if you're willing to just put in a little bit of extra work and effort and creativity. Sometimes the customer experience is amazing. And sometimes we just want to cry. Get ready for the roller coaster ride in this edition of I Love It! I Can't Stand It! All right, I'm excited to do this bit with you, Joey. We haven't done this one before, but today we're going to talk about airlines. Are you ready? Airlines, a place where both of us spend a lot of time. I like to think of it as my office in the air. Yeah, I don't spend as much time as you do, but we'll get to that in a second. (laughs) But we're going to play Love It, Can't Stand It, and we're going to start with Love It. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'll go first. All right, ready, go. So I love it when I'm checking in and the agent thanks me for being a platinum flyer, soon to be diamond flyer on Delta. They acknowledge my frequent flyer status. It's a tiny little thing that comes up on their screen, but it kind of makes me feel good at the check-in process, which is an otherwise not super pleasant process. Well, for all you peons out there, I am no longer status, but at one point I was. (laughs) And one of the things I really liked that American did was they give executive platinum customers a free alcoholic drink and snack even when they're sitting in coach which i thought was a really nice touch so nice so nice building on my other love it i love it when i'm flying with my family and i check in and before saying anything to me the agent turns and looks at my wife barrett and says thank you for allowing your husband to be a platinum soon to be diamond flyer with Delta and kind of makes fun about the fact that I'm clearly away from home a lot, which I appreciate that. And I know my wife does too. Well, building on that, I really like when the flight attendant or really any employee genuinely thanks me for flying with them. Not like, thanks for flying with us. Thanks for flying with us. Thanks for flying with us to everybody that walks back. But actually you know, says a nice friendly hello and an appreciative thank you. And and it makes me feel like they're talking directly to me. I love it. I love it. I also love it when they aren't stingy with the snacks. You know, the snacks, especially in this era where you have to pay for everything on the plane. I love it when they come around and they're like, you know what? Go ahead and take four or five bags of almonds or pretzels and they're not stingy on it. It's very nice. Totally agree. And to that end, whoever had the idea of serving the Biscoff coffee biscuits on American and I think on other airlines as well. They have them on Delta too. Give that person a raise because those are absolutely amazing. Yet another thing that you and my four-year-old son have in common, Dan. He lives for the Biscoff cookies. Uh, I also love that they started on Delta at least giving first-class snacks to the flyers that are sitting in their Comfort Plus, which is kind of their, you're not in first class, but you're as close to first class as you can get. They give the same little basket full of free snacks that gets passed around there, which is such a little extra touch and there were always extra 
you know, snacks and candy bars and bags of chips and things. And the fact that they break the fourth wall of that little curtain between first class and the rest of the plane to bring it back to those of us that might not be flying first class that day is very nice. Well, now you're speaking my language. And when I'm back there in coach, one of the things that I really do appreciate is those planes that have the TVs on the back of every seat. First of all, that is a lifesaver for kids. I mean, <laughs> so absolute so lifesaver. But also, you know, those old planes where the, you know, movies playing on like a four inch screen, 17 rows ahead of you, it's just, it doesn't work anymore. And the ability to pick your own, and a lot of the airlines are allowing in demand or on demand, excuse me, that, uh, you know, doesn't cost anymore. I think that's a really great uh, improvement to the experience. Totally agree. I'd say the the last thing that I really love that kind of ties all these things together is no matter where you're sitting on the plane, when the flight attendant calls you by name, this happens. Uh, I rarely buy first class tickets, but I get upgraded to first class a lot because I fly so much and they'll regularly come up and say, oh, Mr. Coleman, thank you for flying today. And it's such a little thing. I've also had him do it in coach, but man, does it make a difference? And the thing that blows my mind is they assigned the seats. They know the name of everyone on the plane. And especially on these flights where every once in a while you get on a flight and there are just a handful of people on the flight, why not make that experience special by just calling people by name? You know, the research shows that the most pleasing sound to the human ear is the sound of your own name being spoken. It's a huge opportunity for every airline just to call people by name. Joey Coleman, Joey Coleman. Joey Coleman. Exactly. It's Joey nice. Coleman. It's nice. It feels Joey good. Coleman. I like the way it rolls off your voice, Dan. That's nice. Right, so well, let's right. we we talk about, oh, the about my last love. love it. Can I have, have my last love? love? You have another love? Yeah, if you have another love. Well, so you got to do five, don't I get to do five? <laughs> I love that you're keeping track. This okay, shows that's all perfect. About fairness, that's people. Perfect. <laughs> uh, the one that I wanted to point out, the last one that I love, it actually doesn't have to do with the airline specifically, but uh, I absolutely love TSA PreCheck, and for a government agency. That you know is not always known for being efficient. TSA TSA PreCheck is an absolute lifesaver. It allows it's the difference between me planning to you know planning for a half an hour at the airport or an hour and a half. And if you don't have PreCheck, guys, it's eighty five bucks a year if you fly more than like two or three times, and especially if you're flying with uh, with younger family members, totally worth the investment. And again, completely changes experience. Totally agree. And as a little pro tip, go ahead and sign up for Global Entry, which is the TSA pre-check if you're flying internationally, because as part of that, you get domestic TSA pre-check free. So if you sign up for Global Entry, you get the benefit of both worlds if you ever find yourself traveling overseas. And let me tell you, you think the security lines are long uh, at your local airport just to get on a domestic flight? coming back into the United States from a foreign country, forget about it. There, there's been times where I would have been in line for three or four hours had I not had global entry. And then you just get to cruise right on past and on your way. All right. Well, now is the time for us to go to the I can't stand it when. So, Joey, I mean, you know, granted, you're sitting in the front of the plane all the time. They're not all talking, the time. You know, not calling all you by name and giving you extra snacks yeah. and probably shining your shoes. But are, is there anything you don't like about flying? 
you know, there definitely are a couple of things. And, and again, it building off the comment we just had about pre-check, I can't stand it when I don't get pre-check. And I know that makes me sound super snotty, but it's like if you've paid for pre-check, and again, this is not the airline's fault. This is a TSA thing. And I also understand that every once in a while they kick people that are in pre-check into the regular security line just to make sure that uh, – you know, there isn't anything ill toward happening and, you know, it's part of their random finding. But I seem to be randomly selected to go through the regular line pretty often. And to your point, Dan, it's it's not about not wanting to take my shoes off or not taking my computer out of my bag or anything like that. It's just I fly in and out of Denver a lot. And, man, those lines can get pretty long. So, yeah, I can't stand it when I don't get my little pre-check notification. All right. Well, boohoo for you. I'm going to go with one that I think other people people uh, may recognize more often i can't stand <laughs> I love it the way, i love the way you're picking on me in this segment this is great okay. i can't stand it when dan singles me out for flying uh regularly well the best part is you said i know it makes you makes me sound snotty yep yep it does all right well, anyway at yep. least the guy can realize so hey, hey i'm honest and i'm transparent trying to lead with brand honesty and i love you for it joey so I can't stand it when the plug in the seat where you want to plug in your computer is buried like literally below the seat and <laughs> you have to basically put your head in your lap. Uh, I've had to turn on the light on my phone just to be able to see the plug so that I can get the plug in there. By this time, you are mere inches from your neighbor's feet, which is just not a really nice position to be in. And obviously, the newer planes, they've they've not had to retrofit, so they've brought the plugs up you know, over by the tray table or whatever. But man, those older planes, that is uh, that is awfully difficult. And of course, even worse than that is having no plugs at all. You know, Dan, I, I find that fascinating because you're missing two great opportunities to A, do some airplane yoga and B, they're just getting you practiced for that brace for crash position, right? You know, that's that's all they're trying to get you used to is that kind of bend over and, you know, hang on for your life. So, yeah, I get it, though. I can't no, stand no it. Companies don't make your customers bend over. Yeah. Pro tip, folks. Pro tip. I can't stand it when it seems like the cleaning crew decided to skip this plane. Uh, you know, you put the tray table down and you get to see what the person on the previous flight had for lunch. Uh, you know, again, it seems like a little thing. And I get that the airlines, you know, are trying to turn planes quickly and get them back in the air. But boy, an extra few seconds, uh, wipe it, making sure that all those tray tables got wiped down. That would be fantastic. Well, you know, flying is also a game of inches, not just a game of seconds. And one of the things that I cannot stand is when I'm sitting behind the one guy that decides that he has to recline back in his seat and my tray table and my laptop basically get shoved into my chest and there is no angle that is possible for me to have my laptop open and to be typing at the same time. And at this point, to be honest, I wish they just wouldn't have seats that recline because the difference between reclining four inches and not reclining at all is really not very comfortable, but it really sucks for the person behind. Totally agree. Totally agree. If you want to uh, see some fantastic ranting on that, my buddy Ryan Holiday has written a number of great blog posts where he talks about it being, you know, one of the least polite things you can do is to recline your seat. I totally agree with you. Never recline your seat. Another thing I can't stand is when I'm flying with my family, and despite the fact that we've purchased all of our tickets together, they decide to, at the first pass of seating, not seat us together. 
as much as my four-year-old and my soon-to-be two-year-old are really good at flying, um, I don't really think the other passengers want to sit next to them on the plane. I think they'd rather have their parents sit next to them. Again, this is one of those things where I feel like if you're booking everyone together, they should just presume that you all want to be seated together at all times. Yeah, I had a similar situation where my wife and I were flying and we booked tickets together and then we show up to the airport and we print out our boarding passes and we have seats that aren't together. And I, of course, took to Twitter and tweeted at the airline and they you know, responded back with it, something like, we reserve the right to move any one seat. It's like, no, I don't think you're hearing me. Oh, and, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't understand, sir. Our policies and procedures allow this. And it's like, that's not the point. <laughs> you're just you're not being good stewards for your customers when you behave that way. Exactly. And to that end, one of the things I do hate is when you can't pick your seat. And so I do not fly any airlines that will not assign a seat because uh, my wife and I, the first trip we took after having kids, we decided to go to Vegas. And from Chicago, it's a – Because that's the first place you go when you have kids. Hey, we have kids. Let's go to Vegas, baby. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. (laughs) It's about reliving our pre-kid youth, right? I love it. Recapturing the youth. I love it. And we ended up on an airline that does not allow you to pick seats. And of course, we ended up in, you know, I don't know, line number 15 to get on the plane. And so she ends up in, you know, seat 31 in the middle, and I end up in seat 42 in the middle. And that's how we enjoyed the first three hours of our first trip without kids. So I determined at that point, never again. Wow. Wow. Yeah, no, I I totally get it. You know, another thing I can't stand is when you do have a problem and you need to explain it to a half dozen employees as you move up the chain. You know, I really wish and this is, I think, a, a lesson for any company, not just the airlines, empower the people that deal with the customers first to resolve the issue right out of the blocks. Don't make them jump from one person to the next to the next. I understand that there may be times that a situation needs to be escalated up the chain, but when that happens, I'd love to see the person I'm talking to explain it to the next person. You know how they say, well, we're gonna put you on hold and I'll get you over to a supervisor and then allegedly they fill the supervisor in. Why not just say, hey, you're gonna hear me explain it to the supervisor. If I get anything wrong, let me know. If they got it right, how fantastic would that be? And if they got it wrong, who cares? But then you know you're being taken care of. Yeah, great point. My last, uh, I can't stand it when, uh, back on the airplane, is when the pilot forgets to turn off the seatbelt sign and I really have to go to the bathroom (laughs) because I'm a rule follower, right? I'm not one of those people that's going to stand up if that seatbelt sign is still on, even though lots of people do, but I don't. And... Look, I want the pilot to focus on flying the plane. I get it. But then when they forget to turn off that sign and I've had like a giant coffee or a giant soft drink before I got on the plane, whew, that is no fun. I, I love that folks now understand the reason why Dan and I do this show together. And it's because Dan's a rule follower and I'm not as much. Dan, sometimes I love it when I fly. Yeah, well, sometimes I can't stand it when I fly. Do you have something that you absolutely love? Or how about something that drives you completely crazy? We imagine that you do. So leave us a message on our SpeakPipe. Go to experienceshow.com. Just click on the little SpeakPipe widget and you can record us a message. Or email us at guys, G-U-Y-S, at experiencethisshow.com. DM, well, Dan, on social media. Tell us something that you love. We'd love to be able to feature it on the show. 
or tell us something that drives you absolutely crazy because we like to hear that as well. So hit us up in any of those spots, speak pipe, email, social media. I'm at dgingis on Twitter. Don't bother tweeting at Joey. He probably won't get it or doesn't know how to read it, but we'll teach him someday. And so let true. us know and we will get your voice on a future episode. Because we'd love to know what things you love and what things you can't stand. There are so many great customer experience articles to read, but who has the time? We summarize them and offer clear takeaways you can implement starting tomorrow. Enjoy this segment of CX Press, where we read the articles so you don't need to. Our CX Press article is from MailJet, and it's called The Performance of Emojis in Email Subject Lines, and it's written by Mylene Blen. It was a really interesting article because MailJet did a test to see if putting an emoji in the subject line of an email would actually impact the open rate. They send out these bi-weekly local newsletters and they tested this in four different countries. They looked at the United States, the United Kingdom, France, and Spain. And it was across a total of 15,000 recipients. Now they tested on four very popular emojis. The ever-present face with tears of joy. You know that one? I do. <laughs> Excellent. I was just crying I, for I that answer. Just, I had tears of joy while I was saying it. <laughs> they also used the very popular smiling face with heart-shaped eyes. Aww. They used the face with the stuck-out tongue and the winking eye. That's my most popular one that I use. And then the loudly crying face. This is the one that has like the entire stream of tears coming down its face. Yeah, the results were really interesting of this study they did. And what it actually revealed is that different countries and different cultures respond to emojis uh, in very different ways. Americans, for example, are 43% more likely to open an email if the subject line includes an emoji. Uh, the type of emoji really didn't matter that much, but in the American subset of their testing, the tears of joy emoji outperformed all the others by one point, uh, resulting in an open rate increase of nearly 50%. So compared to the test group, more than 50, there was a 50% bump in opens uh, in comparison when people had the tears of joy emoji in the subject line. UK was a bit different. The big one for them was the crying face face emoji seeing a 97% increase in open rates. What can I say? The folks in Great Britain were all about the crying face emoji. Spain was pretty neutral. It didn't impact the uh, open rates at all. And the French were totally skeptical, which act surprised. Uh, it actually decreased open rates by 11% if you used an emoji in the subject line. So an interesting uh, bit of research out of MailJet uh, on how using emojis in the subject line would actually impact whether or not people would open the emails. Yeah, I really like this article. And I actually had an experience with this in a previous job when I worked in the healthcare industry. We did a test very much like this. We did an email subject line test, tested absolutely nothing in the body. The body of the email stayed the same, but we looked at different subject lines. And a couple of the subject lines that we tested had emoji in it. And it turned out that those were the subject lines that absolutely blew the others out of the water. Even just using the emoji that looks like a letter was, you know, like an envelope was one that 
that absolutely bumped up the open rate by similar numbers, 50 to 70% is what we saw. So I definitely believe this is true. I'd say the part about the other countries, the learning there is know your audience because every culture is different. And certainly as it looks, uh, Americans and the Brits really like their emoji more. Uh, So this may not work in all countries, but knowing your audience is obviously key. Absolutely. You know, I think one of the first time I've used emojis for a long time in emails to friends. Uh, and I remember very distinctly the moment that I was sitting composing an email to a client and thinking that it was perfect to sign off with the tongue out, eye winking emoji. And I had this moment where I stopped and kind of my hands came off the keyboard and I thought, is this really appropriate? And the more I thought about it, this is somebody that was a client that already knew me in person, had worked with me, and know that my personality is a little bit, you know, tongue out, one eye winking approach. And so I thought, you know what, this is this is who I am. This is in alignment with brand Joey, if you will. And so I went ahead and used it there, and I've used it ever since. And what's fascinating to me, Dan, is how sometimes I'll be emailing to someone who's considered to be, oh, I don't know, maybe a, a little more of a higher uh, social standing or status in an organization, and I'll throw an emoji in, and I can almost feel the other people on the thread thinking like, oh, this that was a really brilliant brazen move that Joey had. And invariably, the CEO or the person who's in charge that I'm emailing responds back with an emoji themselves. And the takeaway to me is that, you know, everybody talks about, oh, it's business to business or it's, you know, business to consumer and they're different. Now, folks, at the end of the day, it's all H to H. It's human to human. And we all get so many emails that we don't even want to read, let alone open. If you can bring a little bit of a visual element or an emotional element to your message, that's probably going to stand out starkly in the email inbox of your recipient in a way that's going to make them say, okay, this is a little different. I want to check it out. Yeah, it's also a great example of making a simple experience just a little bit better. I mean, how many emails do we get in our inbox every single day? And we're sifting through them and there's lots of spam. And yeah, that one email subject line that has an emoji on it is going to catch our eye. Now, if everybody goes and does it, then it's not going to work anymore. So don't everybody do it. But it definitely makes sense why it works today. Absolutely. Listen in while we try to stump and surprise each other with a fantastic statistic from the worlds of customer experience and customer service. It's time to check out this number. Okay, Joey, this week's number is 20%. What do you think that refers to? Dan, I know you hail from the great state of Illinois, and I'm going to go with 20% is what the Illinois sales tax would have to be to get you guys out of debt. Oh, that hurts. It probably would have to be higher. Probably. Good point. And they're getting there quickly. But actually, in this particular case, 20% is the increase in total customer satisfaction when companies can maximize satisfaction across the buyer journey. And this comes to us from our friends at Oracle CX Cloud. Thank you for sponsoring our show. Woohoo, woohoo! And their ebook, Digital Transformation Three Areas of Customer Experience to Invest in Right Now. This one is so true. It, it's a journey, people. 
right? It's all about being there along with your customer, holding their hand as they proceed through the process of doing business with you. And if you're not maximizing the customer satisfaction across the entire journey and making the most of it that you can, then frankly, you're just not doing all that you could do. So it's important to look at all those different touch points you're having, all the different interactions as they go through the various phases of being a customer and say to yourself, are we really maxing out what we can do here? Because chances are, if we're all honest, we're not. And there's a great opportunity there to double down. And don't get put off by the fact that this number is a, sounds low at 20%. It is really hard to improve total customer satisfaction by 20%. So that is a massive increase. And as Joey said, if you're not paying attention to the whole journey, you are not going to be able to get to that increase. So definitely something to pay attention to. Another thing that you should pay attention to is oracle.com slash connected CX, where you can download their ebook immediately without providing any additional information. However, if you would like to give them your email, you can also pick up two more customer experience reports. So thank you to Oracle CX Cloud, the proud sponsor, at least we hope they're proud, of the Experience This Show. Thanks, guys. Wow. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. We know there are tons of podcasts to listen to, magazines and books to read, reality TV to watch. We don't take for granted that you've decided to spend some quality time listening to the two of us. We hope you enjoyed our discussions, and if you do, we'd love to hear about it. Come on over to experiencethisshow.com and let us know what segments you enjoyed, what new segments you'd like to hear. This show is all about experience, and we want you to be part of the Experience This Show. Thanks again for your time, and we'll see you next week for more Experience This.